welcome to a brand new episode of the Front End Happy Hour. We probably at some point interviewed at some role, to have, you know, you have to get a role somehow, right? And so in this episode, we were talking about how can we prepare for interviewing? I think each of us have taken different approaches. You know, we always love those great like whiteboarding questions that we get to have to like do in front of an audience and code on a whiteboard that you're not really prepared for. Like, come on. You see, so you have to do some thoughtful prep for it. Uh, so yeah, we figured let's share some of the insights of things that we've done in the past, probably things that we wish we would have done. Like I know there's times where I wish I would have probably prepared more than I have. Uh, so let's go around and give introductions of today's panelists. Stacy, you want to start it off? Sure. I'm Stacey London. I'm a senior front-end engineer on Trello. Hello, my name is Augustus Yoon, and I'm a software engineer at Twitch. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that, if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Practice. 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 I actually almost for, I forgot. I was like, was it prepare, prep? I don't know, but it's practice. All right. All right. So if we say the word practice, we will all take a drink. I think jumping in would be really interesting to know how each of you have prepared for interviews in the past. I'm sure there's been some prep that you've done. I think between the three of us, I'm, I've probably interviewed the longest time ago. I think the, the two of you have probably interviewed more recently than I have. I didn't even think of that, but I've been at Netflix for probably longer. But even just last year, I went interviewed with a bunch of roles internally at Netflix, but even externally, like I was definitely doing a lot of interviewing, trying to figure out what's the right role for me long-term. And I kind of forgot that how recent that was. It was just over a year ago. I'll say that uh, I've been at Twitch for a little more than two and a half years now, but uh, when I prepared for <laughs> moving jobs, it was such a traumatizing experience for me uh, or very overwhelming experience uh, with just typically how technical interviews have been. So I've definitely taken a lot of notes of how, let's say I want to make a career move in the future, creating like a study guide for myself. You know, people share their own study guides, but I personally took it upon myself to create a study guide that of things that I felt were really relevant to know. I, I think that's a big tip for everyone. Like, you know, create a study guide for yourself. So, and, you know, just be mindful that, you know, one day you might make a career change and it makes the prep simplified. So, so, so with that said, like, I think now the prep would be a little easier, but it, it was pretty tough. When I, when I first started preparing, I, I just grinded lead code. I, uh, I just read, I bought cracking the coding interview, CTCI. I bought, uh, elements of programming interviews. I think I bought some books just to like get as many as much experience as I could to how tech Silicon Valley is interviewing these days. Did you learn that after the fact of interviewing Augustus? Like, did you feel like you knew that going into some of the interviews? Like clearly you probably did that before Twitch, but were there other interviews that you're like, Oh, I wish I would have done that upfront preparing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I kind of knew it. I underestimated just how, uh, expected it is you you know some of these uh, questions that are just I'll be honest copy pasted from lead code sometimes they're like mirror images of what you get on lead code and it's honest it's I don't know I feel so mixed about it because I just don't feel it's necessarily an accurate way to evaluate someone but 
you know, if that's how it is, then that's how it is. So, but I definitely regret sometimes, you know, if I studied earlier, I, I might have passed some interviews that I, I got rejected on. Would that's you have fair. wanted to work at those the, companies, like knowing that that's the kind of questions that they cared about? That's such a good question. I would say like, uh, reflecting now, I don't even really care, honestly. Hmm. Like, it's not a big deal to me. I, I would say probably at the time, you know, I was kicking myself. I was like, oh my goodness, if I just grinded more elite code or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is that ridiculous? Like, like oh, if only if I churned more problems into my head or something is it's ridiculous well, i think it's funny too i think augustus you said something there is like you know you think that you'd be prepared enough just by the fact that you have experience working in this typical role right and the thing is a lot of the times the technical interview questions are not always aligned with the type of work that you do and i think that that can be tough and and for me and i've been in similar situations augustus where i wish i would have prepared a little bit more but going on some of the other technical interviews after learning that it was like i would just go back to cs problems and like think about that and like do research like almost google like what are the interviews of like tech interviews being asked and and practice them cheers 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 you said you started to like keep notes of like what your create your own study guide did your study guide was it like before you started doing the interviews you had things in your study guide and then after you started doing the interviews you sort of like refined your study guide to be like oh actually these are the kinds of things I'm being asked so if I ever interview ever again like make sure to focus on x yeah I actually so this this is very specific to me but what I I would be pretty in depth I would record what questions were asked and sometimes I just go through them again like let's say I wanted to re-interview at that company um, I would just look at what question was I asked before and see if I could do it again. That was like one thing I did. But yeah, I did kind of refine uh, my notes. I guess I'll, I'll give like, and th these are some things that I took from Cracking the Coding Interview and some of these books. Um, I actually have two different study guides that I prepare, um, which I think is very useful. One is for behavioral and one is for technical. And so for behavioral, I I, I highly suggest this, you know, if, if we're giving tips, this is something that I wish I knew, um, but I started doing now is if, if, if you're a new grad, um, I think it's still worth doing, but taking, look at, look, just look up very common behavioral questions you can be asked at an interview. These are questions you can find them very easily. They're like questions like, tell me a time you've um, had a disagreement with a teammate. How did you handle it? Um, and really like focus on what projects you've worked on or situations that you've worked on that you feel can speak to those questions and do the star table treatment. And so what is star? Star stands for situation, task, action, result. And these are the four things that you really want to be hitting when you're giving an answer to an interviewer. I'll just be straight up honest. Some interviewers literally look for star. They're, they're asked to say, what was the situation? What was the task? What was the action? And what was the result? Um, and so these, these are things that I just created like a template of here's a project that I worked on at Evernote at Twitch. Um, and for this question, here's the, here's the star for it. For this question, here's the star for it. And I, I honestly, that once you do it, once you make it, when you go interviewing, you just reread it and it should just like click for you because, you know, it's your experience, right? 
it's very easy for you to remember it. And I think that's just something invaluable to have for your preparation. I like that. Really good advice. Yeah, it's it's funny because I, I actually didn't make it before until there was this one interview. I did okay on the technical interview questions. And then I actually totally bombed the behavioral because I totally forgot. I studied so hard on technical. I told myself, I got this. I remember these projects. And I just was not expecting a behavioral question. And then I kind of was trying to map projects in my head that might apply to that question. And honestly, if I just took the time to really tell myself, okay, here are some of the projects that I've worked on, I, I, I could have answered that question way better. So don't, don't overlook it. You know, it's very easy to overlook. You, you'll tell yourself, I got the behavioral. That'll be fine. You know, I've done these a million times. I really need to be churning out technical study guides or something. But definitely put some time into the behavioral. I think another thing that I found useful is looking up the people that you're going to interview with too. Yes. Is like really think about who you're interviewing with. And like that's usually given to you in some shape or form in the like prep before the actual interview it can tell you a lot. Like sometimes it can just like tell you about someone's background and how you might make a connection with them, but also just like the types of questions that you should ask that person. That's another one. Think about the questions that you should be asking each person on the interview. Like that's important too. I have definitely had people show up and not ask questions. And, and that actually gives me a lot of pause because I'm like, wait, you have no curiosity about anything. And maybe they have all the information, but I usually, I think that that's doubtful. It's also like, even if you've heard someone else respond to the exact same question, it might be helpful to hear someone else's perspective on it. So I think that is good is like show up with prepared questions and be, you know, think of that. You're also going to gain more information about the role and the company and the people that you might be working with. But yeah, looking at people ahead, am I talking with a VP? Am I talking with an engineer? Am I talking with a designer? And like, you can think about those things like with the designer, you're like, oh, I'm probably going to be covering how I collaborate with them and, and thinking strategically around that. It can tell you a lot, just like sitting down and thinking about who you're interviewing with. It doesn't take a lot of prep time. But just that little bit can go a long way. I, did I ever tell the, the story on this podcast of the Google interview and the guy um, with his angry blog post and how I read it and that helped me prepare for the interview? Yes. Yes, I remember <laughs> Cause... that because like you knew this guy's like rant and like was like, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like super mad that someone couldn't like super quickly can do like hexadecimal to decimal conversions of something. And so like I studied it because I like... <laughs> Read, read that he was going to, he's like, he's my interviewer. I'm going to look up, I'm up, found this blog post, found that he got really irritated that people couldn't do it. So I studied it and I did it very quickly. And then he was like, that was really fast. And I'm like, yeah, you get angry about it. I, I've read your post. Like, of course I studied it ahead of time to try and figure that out. Looking back, it was just like, that blog post was a red flag. Like, I don't want to work with someone so angry, but <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah i was gonna say it's like a red flag in itself but you prepared really well from that i tried do your research up front right like that that does go a long way it's funny the odd time i've been quoted from like things i've said on this podcast or things where i'm interviewing candidates i'm like well they did their research so that's cool <laughs> like yeah. i don't remember saying that but i probably did <laughs> oh another one like we, we mentioned you know, I mentioned researching 
individuals that you're interviewing with, I think a lot of time people don't put the effort into research the company. You know, you want to understand who you're working with or who you're working for. But I think like also understanding like maybe what they're investing in, like the stock market, how they're doing, um, if, if they are a public company or what kind of tech blog posts do they have? Those types of things can go, you can learn a ton. Use that information, like just do a little bit of that research. It will tell you, do you actually want to work for this company? But it also might give you um, some insights into the company or even questions to follow up on to kind of that point where I think you should ask questions. And we talked about technical versus that behavioral or cultural. I, I feel like culture fits, settles a little bit more with me. What's one, which one's harder? Technical for me yeah. personally. Yeah, because like the other ones, I think that I'm, e I'm more easily able to just like have comfortable, like it doesn't stress me out to think about talking about the work or the projects that I worked on or like those behavioral things to me that for whatever reason, like that doesn't make me feel stressed out. I think some people have the opposite reaction. They prefer just like cranking out, out code and not talking. <laughs> um, but the opposite is true for me, I think. And so like for me, the technical part is always harder. Um, but that's, and that's just such a, like a symptom of tech interviews in general is that you're just doing a thing that's very different from how you normally are, like your daily job and how you code and how you work with your teammates is often very different and not at all related to how technical interviews go. So it's, it's like putting yourself in a very different situation, high stress, someone's watching you, you're trying to like talk through code as you're writing code, which is also like a thing I never do in the real world. Like, it's just, it's a lot kind of happening all at once. And it's high stress. And that's why a lot of people hate technical interviews, because it is not necessarily representative of how things are once you actually have a job. You don't have your awesome like music in the background, Stacey, where you're like coding, like zoning out, listening right. to some good tunes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's true though. Like, yeah. I think that it is tough. Like, I, I would actually side with you on. I I find the technical one harder for some reasons. Where I feel like the behavioral or culture ones, it's either you hit it or miss it in some way. So I guess like but you're talking to it and you can kind of get a sense, like maybe I've just also learned to read people and I can get a sense for like, what's the type of response that you're looking for? Yeah. And like, how should I kind of respond to that question? And technical, that's somewhat straightforward too, right? Like it's like, you know, either it's right or wrong. And like, what are you looking for? But I do find that it's this kind of the scenario that you painted too, is that, you're not in your like everyday coding situation where you perform. I'm sorry, but like writing code on a whiteboard while someone stares at you, Ugh. I can't code on a whiteboard if my life depended on it with nobody watching. And then I've got people that are clearly judging me. We are an interview. And so I think that that added pressure makes me probably perform at maybe if I'm lucky, 50% of what I normally do, right? Like coding. And then a lot of the times I've had the interviews where they do ask algorithm or binary tree problems that I can solve, but I don't know that I don't feel like I'm confident. Like I'm not like, wow, I can, I'm the best at solving this because that's not my day to day that I deal with. And so I know when I've done those technical interviews, I'm, I probably showed up on like, you know, maybe I passed barely. Like, it's not like I was like, whoa, I blew them out of the water, 
but I don't think that that's indicative of how I code or how I show up on a technical project. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that researching the company um, advice from earlier is, you know, if you know what your strengths are in interviews or what you're like maybe good at or not so good at, it, it can't hurt to like research how does this company that I'm about to interview, like how does their interview process work? Do they do terrible whiteboard interviews? Why do they do them? Like maybe you know, find out beforehand, like that's how they do things. And maybe that would help inform like how you prepare or whether or not you even interview with them at all. That kind of thing I think is, is pretty huge. I also like, I feel like a lot more companies are giving like choices on the type of things too, of like, would you prepare, you know, would you like to do a take-home exercise? Would you like to code on a laptop versus a piece of paper versus a whiteboard? And it's like, you know, using the tools that you use on a daily basis goes a long way or being able to Google things. That's awesome too. Cause like our memories are not perfect. Writing a perfect syntax is not always that easy, but like, if you can look that up, it's like, you know what you're searching. Like we all know how to, to be really good at Google searches or stack overflow searches. That's a skill. Like you are still producing like what you need to produce. It's just, we don't always remember those like little nuances. And I think so companies recognizing that I think has really helped, but it's still not perfect. I 100% agree with you that I think it's still somewhat broken on how we evaluate that technical. It just doesn't quite work. But at the end of the day, I also get it. I'm like, okay, well, a company's trying to evaluate 10 candidates or whatever the number amount that they interview with, it is a way to evaluate someone's code. And unfortunately, someone who shows up better in the interview does better. And so it doesn't work. It's, it's, it's frustrating. I know the whole, for years and years now, I've been contemplating this question of like, everyone hates these technical interviews that complain about them. They're very stressful. They don't seem to necessarily always produce good signal like plenty of people pass can pass these technical interviews and then are not actually good employees and good teammates it's it's just a complex problem because we're not you know we're not robots machines that can you know humans come with history and emotion and all sorts of additional things so it's interviewing is very imperfect and i all these years of thinking about it i'm like trying to think of any sort of alternative like if we don't do this, what can we do to try and assess, you know, someone or get a sense from them? And I've heard of some alternatives, like have someone prepare a presentation and talk through yep. a, a code that they've written in project. Because not everybody's code is public, right? Like I don't have a lot of public code. My code exists in companies, repositories, but maybe you could like show some of the code that you've written and talk about the project. And and in that way, at least, yes, you could probably fake that. I'm sure probably someone could be sinister, but like you probably pick up on that pretty quickly if they, the way that they talk about it. You definitely will. Yeah. And like the Um, follow-up questions and things that you ask, like you will definitely pick up on that. I like that. I mean, seriously, if people read my public code, I don't think that's probably a good example of my code because it's like most of it is just like, you know, there's smaller projects. I'm like, ah, I'll just throw, maybe I should do better on that. But like, so that's fair too, is like, and not everyone can share open source work or, or the work that they're doing. So that's fair too. I like that is like, pick a project and speak to it and like, understand, you should be able to speak to like the work that's been done, 
even the work that you may not have done because it's not just you that did it there's probably multiple like team members that you worked with and you can talk to that too and i think i like that actually a lot as an example i feel like i'd be able to do follow-up questions to suss out some of those back and forth and i mean if someone tries to fake it really hard it's it's not going to last long on the job either i mean it sucks for everyone involved but that yeah could happen yeah that was yeah that was one one idea i thought about that might be something different from what we've all all been trying <laughs> yeah we know that it's not perfect but it, you're right like you only have so much time to assess someone right and and th- and they also have time to assess you as a company like i always need to remember that too is people are also interviewing the company is like do i want to work here is it like is it a mutual fit mm-hmm. i know like augustus a prime example you'd spoken to like how you've pivoted and things that you do to prepare for interviews what have you each learned that has maybe changed or made you adapt to how to prepare better for the next interview uh yeah i I can go first one thing i want to call out is you know especially being the front end happy hour podcast i'm sure there's a lot of front end engineers that listen to us and it's very interesting because i feel like as a whole silicon valley has kind of just decided you know what it's easy easier to just ask like algorithmic or these types of questions that you know you might not really encounter as a front-end engineer you might be expected to be asked more about oh how would you build the ui for something like this so so that's definitely one thing that i've kind of taken away when i'm applying for a role i'll try to clarify with the recruiter you know what are they looking for in this role and I'll even sometimes try to ask, oh, what are the type of questions you, um, if you're allowed to share, uh, that they might ask for this role? And you'd be surprised how many times they'd be willing to share. You know, I feel I feel we're definitely on a much better track than we are a few years ago. Like a lot of companies will have study guides now that they'll prepare that they'll have for you, and at least that helps kind of narrow down the scope of what you might need to prepare for. I'll just be a hundred percent honest when I when I've applied. Uh, for front-end roles, I've gotten a very mixed bag. Uh, there have been times I've had to build a website page. You know, they say, write the HTML, CSS, and, you know, they're very understanding, right? Like, they'll just be like, oh, build me a basic form, and, t- and you know, there's little bits of everything, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. And then I've gotten totally, like, on the other side, like, implement a hash table for me in your language of choice, which is just you know, at the time was not something that I would say I had the familiarity. <laughs> I probably still, I don't know if I could still do it, you know, in an interview setting, right? So I would say definitely take the time to just clarify what you should be expecting. And then you can, it'll help preparing a lot easier. A lot of good advice there. Like, I honestly think that the asking interviewers or recruiters, hiring managers, whoever is that, like, what should I prepare for? What are the types of questions that are going to be asked of me? Those are questions you should absolutely ask because it's not even that people are giving away like all this information. It's people want you to succeed. They want to set you up for success. You know, just giving you some of that information ahead is is going to help you prepare. But I think it's such a like that's such a great piece of advice that not everyone follows. And it's just like 
yeah, so I'm talking with these two engineers, like what are the types of things that they're going to be covering? I'm talking with the lead designer on this project. What are the types of things that, you know, I should be thinking about when I'm speaking with him on or her? That that to me is so powerful. Yeah, that's huge. I And even and to sort of, I would say like the same advice, my small tweak on it is one thing I learned is ask how you're being evaluated. So on one of the technical uh, interviews that I did, I ended up focusing a lot on like accessibility and responsive and making it really nice that way and a little bit on performance, but not a ton. But then I found out later that the evaluation was weighted a lot more heavy on performance. Like was, did I create a performance solution versus those other things? And so that didn't matter as much to the interviewers that those other things were nice. And so if, if you can get that answer out of them, that's huge because then you know where to like kind of show them during that technical interview, the things that they care about. And it helps you like prepare that too, right? Like, cause yeah. you're th- like that you're thinking about all those things going into it, which I love. And so, yeah. And I, I don't think it's like you're getting insider information. It's like, yeah, these people are like, yeah, sure. This is the types of things we're going to cover. So, and hopefully really you even asking those ask questions that. is a good, like, indicator for them as well. Like the fact that you're even thinking about those things, hopefully is a good signal for them that you're, you know, this sort of, you're a thoughtful engineer person that really like tries to to plan and prepare and, and be ready. So like those, it just, it can't hurt to ask. Yeah. I, if I can just like scream like plus 1000 to, to both of what you said, like, especially to what Stacy said, okay. Dynamic for those of you who aren't aware, there are some questions called DP, dynamic programming, which are very, very involved solutions um, that I would not expect anyone to be able to figure out on their own in an interview. But you'd be surprised at how often you get asked these questions um, at these bigger companies, um, these DP interview programming questions. You can look some up. There are very famous algorithms um, designed around these programming questions. You'd be surprised how many people ask these questions and you do not have to get the DP solution um, because really they're just looking for your thought process. And they, um, and very, very normally for these DP problems, the way to figure out, oh, there is a DP solution to this is to do the brute force method, which is very dumb, very ugly. And we're all taught that you should not like brute force is going to get you an F in school or something, but (laughs) in interviews, you know, that is a very net and even on the job, it's a very natural way to approach the problem. Like, okay, let's get a solution. It's not performant, but we can, we can tune it as we go on. So definitely clarify, I like just freaking plus a thousand to what Stacy said, like definitely clarify with the interviewer, like, what are they looking for? Like is brute force acceptable or, um, whatever those follow-up questions like they honestly go so long like or go so far like don't just jump to solve like if that was some advice that i've seen and given to a lot of people that are interviewing at netflix it's like yeah like don't just jump to solve think about it like there's always edge cases understand and ask those types of questions even to that point is brute force acceptable just like don't make assumptions call it out and and really work collaboratively with the person interviewing you and they might be like no like i get your heads at like brute force is probably not the best thing to do in this scenario but i like your thinking you know because it is like you're walking through people through your thought process and how you're tackling the problem that goes a long way 
even if you don't solve the problem properly, like that could actually be better. The fact that you just walk through the details that you're walking through or planning in your head. And the companies that care about that are probably the companies that'll be going to be more collaborative and better to work at than the ones that are like, I only hire the most technically correct person in the interview. Like it's, to me, that's a good, it's an interesting signal. That's a good point too. Cause like, it goes back to like, I think I had made the comment earlier is like, you're also interviewing the company. We're working in a pretty great industry as being software engineers is that we are fairly highly in demand. Like people are, the companies are constantly interviewing. And so I think that's always something to think about too, is like, where do I want to be? And where, you know, what's the right fit for me? That's important. That absolutely is. Yeah. Like to echo something that you said, Ryan, you want a company that is looking for your success. Um, like actually one thing that someone told me uh, was of how to think about the interview process. The phone screen is they're generally trying to filter people out, you know, because it's very low. It's very like you can just do a lot of them and you want to filter people out. But when you get to the onsite, you're not you're you're changing your perspective as an interviewer, you should be changing your perspective, not as filtering people out, but, you know, trying to see the best of them and what they're capable of. And in that, you really want to set them up for success. You want to see, like, how far they can go and be able to match them with the right place. Like, it's really a formality is what my peers would tell me to think of it as. You know, you you want to help them as much as you can. And, you know, if if at the point where, you know, so much help, they still can't get it, then, you know, you need to call that out in the review and stuff like that. Such a great point. You know, before we dive into picks, like I always think like, you know, we've, we've probably unloaded a lot of amazing pieces of advice. Like I, I know I've like said a lot of things that I would give people advice for interviewing. And I know each of you have, but like, what's one piece of advice. If someone asked you like that one thing I'm interviewing tomorrow, what's the most best piece of advice that you could give me? What would you share? Oof. I would say if you're interviewing tomorrow, <laughs> um, just take a deep breath, do your best, do some light review on what you've been studying. Don't forget the behavioral, but just do your best and, and definitely echo, Ryan, what you've been saying. Remember that you want to be evaluating this company as much as they're evaluating you. Yeah. At the end of the day, like when there's only a day left, you know, burning yourself out and cramming stuff in isn't going to help you. So just take a deep breath. You got this. Just a reminder, you you're an engineer. If you're a new grad, then you know, you're you went to college and you you're a pro, okay? For for what it's worth, you are qualified to be an engineer. I I, I guarantee it. Okay? Don't let a company that rejects you determine if you're an engineer or not, because it does not mean that at all. It just means that it, it means a bunch of things, but it does not mean that you're you are not a qualified engineer. I guarantee you are, and you have the potential to be. So do not have that as the takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Just do your best. You got this. Yes. Uh, yes. Try try not to tie your self-worth and uh, who you are to the results of these interviews, because some really amazing people I know get turned down from companies. I've gotten turned down a lot. Like it's 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 hard and it's hard to disassociate that from your self-worth and especially if you kind of value what you do or really like what you do it's it's hard to decouple that but there's so many other factors at play it could be the interviewer had a bad day and they didn't you know I mean, just a million things that are totally not under your control 
So don't get discouraged. The interviewing is way too hard in this industry. So keep your chin up. You're going to do awesome somewhere. Yeah, I love you guys both had such great advice. But yeah, I love that too, is that it, it is hard when you get turned down. Um, I'm going to add a piece of advice for getting turned down and then maybe one for like the prepare part. If you do get turned down from an interview, ask for feedback. You know, you put a lot of effort into that interview. You know, it is, I almost say like interviewing is a full-time job. Like there's a lot that goes into it and ask for feedback, understand like how you could have done better. And maybe you interview with that company again in the future, or maybe it's just applying that feedback to a completely different role at a completely different company. But I think it's helpful to hear that feedback and not everyone wants to hear feedback and that's okay. But like, I think that it is very helpful. So at least you know how you can do better the next time. And my other piece of advice was going to be for me, a lot of it too is, is thinking about like company culture and like really understanding how you fit in into that company and, and asking questions around that too. Like, don't forget things like work-life balance questions. Like what are the factors that are going to make you excited about working at said company? And to, I think to your points too, that you've all said is like, yeah, when you're evaluating this company, do they meet the requirements that you're evaluating to and make sure that you get those questions answered? Cause that's, that's super important to make those decisions. And so I, I think, just remembering those types of things can go a long way. All right. Well, in each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose picks of things that we found interesting, want to share with all of you. Let's uh, go around and give picks for this episode. Stacy, want to start it off? Sure. I've got two music picks today. The first one is um, Aikuma by Fale Nioke and Ghost Culture. And it is sort of an electronic track that layers in some vocals from from Fale. So it's uh, West African roots. It's super fun and kind of dancey, um, a fun track. There's there's vocals there, so I don't know about how good it is for coding if you're trying to concentrate, but it's fun to listen to. And the second one is Rotating in Unison by High. Uh, this is um, highest Tennille uh, Thrassel. She's a London-based DJ producer. Um, she described the song as uh, to highlight beauty and coexistence as we all rotate around the sun and to try and remember beauty and calm in a time of uncertainty and unrest, even just for a few minutes. And it's a kind of an ambient, chilled, glitchy track, I guess maybe is the best way to describe it. Nice. I always love the descriptions. I've probably said that a million times, but it's always just adds so much more entertainment or depth to the music before even listening to it. <laughs> Augustus, what do you have for us? Ooh, yes. I have two picks. Um, one, kind of a shameless plug, but not really. Uh, I created a gist, um, some technical interview prep that I always do when I'm preparing for interviews. Um, it's a little front-end focused, but... I kind of cringe, but I do have some algorithm kind of common algorithm sections because they come up so much in my experience. Um, and I'm trying to build it out more, but I wanted to share it in case it's helpful for others. Um, and, you know, if it's not, then, you know, you can just throw it away or something. But I thought I, I think it's nice to share. And I would actually if I would love to hear maybe share with the front end happy hour Twitter, uh, what study guides you you all have, because I think you know, let's all collaborate on this because, I mean, it's not like we're giving answers or anything, but I think we're all just really just trying to be the best engineers 
and we can showcase that to companies. Um, well, let's be honest, we all, all, we all are excellent engineers in our own right. We just need to be able to show that. And then my second pick is a YouTube video on the Dune movie. If you haven't watched Dune, holy crap, you should watch it. Like that, that is an informal third pick. Um, but this, this pick is a YouTube video by The Vanity, um, and they do a breakdown from um, Dennis Villeneuve. I hope that's I'm saying it right, the director of one of the scenes. And it is just incredible how much thought he puts into just one scene. One scene is a 10-minute explanation, a breakdown of all the thought he has and you can just tell how passionate he is when he created this movie. It is just so incredible to watch. So highly recommend that. Nice. I still have to watch Dune. I've heard, I just feel like I, I don't even know anything about it, to be honest, at this point. But everyone's talking about it. So it feels like one of those ones where I'm just going to have serious FOMO. I should probably go watch it. It's like the same people who haven't watched Squid Game. It's like, like <laughs> oh, what's going on? Everyone's talking about it. I feel like Dune is the next thing. So I may have to watch that, Augustus. All right. I have two picks. One is a season on Netflix. You, season three is really, really good. I enjoyed the first two seasons. The third one, I was kind of like, oh, are they going to be able to keep this like momentum going? Even after the first season, I wasn't quite sure. The third season is very unique and interesting. Uh, the dynamic between the two characters is, is just interesting. I highly recommend checking out that whole series if you haven't watched it. But if you have, season three just recently came out. It's really good as well. And then my second pick is Netlify. Netlify is awesome. It is so easy to host. Like, I feel like we've gotten so much better over the past years of hosting websites and web applications. I tested out Netlify a long time ago, but recently just moved a lot of websites, including the front end happy hour website to Netlify. And I was just so pleasantly surprised how easy and seamless it worked. Even things like adding HTTPS. I'm like, oh my God, this is so painless. Like, it was so nice. I highly recommend trying it. Um, I know there was things like Heroku in the past has always been fairly good. Some of my sites were still on like some really old hosting that I was finally like, I got to make my life easier. And and it has. So I, I highly recommend checking out Netlify. They don't sponsor us. It's a good, it's just a good plug. I think it's great. So go check it out. Thank you for all listening to today's episode. You know, if you like our podcast, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, any of those, like let us know how we're doing. It also helps others discover uh, Front End Happy Hour podcast. So we appreciate that. You can find us at frontendhappyhour.com or on Twitter at frontendhh. Any last words? Practice makes perfect. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs>